What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Eco Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and it has been a while, but the NBA season is now just weeks away. The offseason is over with. Preseason has started, and the Sixers are back, and the NBA is back, and it's a very exciting time. Um, you know, just from the Sixers, there hasn't been any crazy news, which honestly, at this point, probably a good thing. Because um, only news coming, you know, recently would have been bad news. But, yeah, the season is now just weeks away. The Sixers roster is looking like it's about set. Maybe the final roster spot or two uh, still need to be figured out. But for the most part, you know, the Sixers go into the season knowing their starting lineup. That's one thing they definitely have to feel good about. Because, you know, in past years, sometimes there's been a question mark as to, you know, either the uh, final starter or, you know, who you're going to even start the season with. Uh, like last year with the whole Ben situation, but now it looks like Maxi, Harden, Tobias, PJ, and Embiid are the pretty much clear starting five, and that is a very scary starting lineup. And what really makes it even scarier is the amount of bench depth the Sixers have for what seems like the first time in this Joel Embiid era, you know, with the addition of DeAnthony Melton, who probably the sixth man of this team, great scorer, great hustle man off the bench, just something the Sixers have really been lacking. Uh, this whole time. They also have Montrez Harrell, who is competing with Paul Reed for those backup center minutes. And, you know, Doc said something about uh, Paul Reed getting that job, but I think it's still very much up in the air. We saw how great Harrell played in preseason. And, you know, he's a former sixth man of the year. Definitely uh, a great player to have off your bench. Um, additionally, Danwell House is there. Uh, should see some minutes competing with Matisse Thybul, maybe a little bit of Shake Milton, uh, George Niang minutes there. Uh, in competition, but yeah, I think starting off, um, I was actually able to attend the Sixers blue and white scrimmage. Uh, you know, basically it's like an inner squad scrimmage. Starters didn't play much, but one thing that really interested me was the bench lineup that played against the starters. So, uh, in case you're unfamiliar, they start uh, the Sixers starting five along with the deepest bench players on their team, and they put them against pretty much the best uh, bench squad. And in this case, they started D'Anthony Melton and Montrez Harrell along with Shake Milton, Danwell House, and George Niang, which, you know, does not say by any means that that's the rotation, but that's the squad that he rolled out. Um, you know, Harrell over Paul Reed and uh, Matisse not in there being beaten out by both Danwell and Shake, a little interesting to me. You know, again, I don't know what this means, if anything, but... That's who Doc seemed comfortable with. Um, you know, before the scrimmage, there was an open practice, and all those guys were looking really good. Uh, specifically, Denwell House knocking down uh, some corner threes, which is going to be a role that needs to be filled with the departure of Danny Green, of course, three-point uh, corner specialist. So, yeah, it'll be nice to see if Denwell can kind of fill some of that role, uh, especially uh, defensively as well, along with those threes, because Danny, you know, while he was up there in age, he could still get it done defensively once in a while. So having an even younger, you know, more athletic player out there on the wing in-house uh, to go along with the Matisse, if you play him, to go along with D'Anthony Melton, who, you know, we've seen in Memphis for years, is just this young, athletic, you know, they call him Mr. Do-Something because he's always out there you know, getting active, never standing around. And that's the type of energy we need from the Sixers team. Of course, Matisse has had that. But you couple that, you know, energy and that defense with someone who can really shoot the ball and score and be aggressive, and that's literally the perfect player coming off your bench. 
So, you know, regardless of these uh, small debates, it seems like there's about 12 players that Doc has to reasonably choose from to play meaningful minutes. Uh, the rest of the lineup looks like it's going to be rounded out with guys like Ferk, Jaden Springer, and like Isaiah Joe, Charles Bassey. Heard that Bassey might get cut, but either way, you know, those guys shouldn't see too many minutes. And my favorite part about this offseason was um, adding depth to have an option at backup center. You know, last year, when your option was between Paul Reed and DeAndre Jordan, it's a lot worse than having the option of Montres Harrell. Um, and, you know, Harrell obviously not great defensively. Paul Reed not great offensively. So I feel like you can even just choose by matchup who you'd prefer. Obviously, both aren't, you know, the most oversized centers, both under, you know, 6'10", I think, Harold's like they're with like six eight six nine range, maybe even smaller than that. But either way, you know they play way bigger than their height suggests. So seeing them both out there, you know, even in that scrimmage, like you saw, uh, Montrez Harold was diving over the the first uh, row seats to try to get a loose ball in a scrimmage. Like that just shows you the type of guy you're getting on this team. And it seems like every uh, contender every year always seems to have those type of players. Whether it's been the Bucks with. You know, Drew Holiday is super scrappy guard. Um, I mean, he's a little bit more than a role player. But they had P.J. Tucker for a year. They have Bobby Portis. You know, guys like that. And you keep going around the league. You know, you got the Celtics with uh, Marcus Smart, the most obvious one in the whole league. Grant Williams, the type of guy to do some of the dirty work. Um, you know, you look kind of everywhere, especially in the Eastern Conference. And they got guys to do this. So now adding Harrell, adding Melton, um, adding P.J. Tucker. You know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm just so excited that the Sixers finally have these guys. You know, they're, they're veterans. They've shown time and time again they're willing to get scrappy, get dirty. You know, it's the kind of energy Jimmy Butler brought to the team when he was here for a little bit. And it's the type of energy the Sixers, I feel like, have been lacking a lot because, of course, through the whole Ben Simmons era, we got a little bit of that as, you know, he's an amazing defender, but we never really had that full passion that, you know, Harden seems to be maybe bringing along with now these new guys. And that just that whole team identity goes really well with a Doc Rivers coach team who's great with his players, you know, led by this this generational talent who, you know, used to get into a lot of this type of stuff. A lot of, uh, you know, got really played the game really emotional, got in a lot of fights, but he's really matured. And now having guys around him that can kind of control that aspect of the game for him, you know, they can do all the, the chippy stuff. They can get in the other team's head. And Joel being able to just focus on basketball, not picking up like ticky-tack fouls, a little bit, you know, those little texts that he used to pick up years ago. And, you know, that's just one place that Joel has improved on so much. And I think now bringing this energy sort of around him, but not making him the the center of this uh, attention. Like, you know, you got all these guys who play with such emotion that Joel just being able to focus on the game should should do wonders for him. And, you know, interestingly enough, the one guy I haven't brought up yet is probably the most intriguing player outside of Joel Embiid for this year's team. And I'm not talking about James Harden. I'm talking about Tyrese Maxey. And if you have watched the preseason, you know every bit of why he is so intriguing. He just has these first half just outbursts of scoring 20 points, getting to the rim, step back threes. And honestly, I felt like his progression last season, um, you know, I think a lot of it was because of Ben not being there. But I thought that was kind of what Tyrese Maxey was going to be for us for a couple more years at least. And you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but it does seem like he's made yet another jump in this offseason. And, you know, with Joel Embiid scoring 30 points a game, 
there's no guarantee that he keeps that production up. You know, Joel can drop to 26, 27 points a game and just be as equally as efficient, if not better. And having Tyrese Maxey, you know, kind of fill in some of the scoring uh, going into the season, knowing that you have that reliability. I mean, obviously you have James Harden who's going to get you buckets, but I think Tyrese Maxey could see even another step up, both, you know, in stats and just in his impact to the team. I think there's a decent chance that he could be an all-star this season, he definitely has the talent for it. I would say it's likely he would be an all-star if he wasn't on a team with two dominant players like James Harden and Joel Embiid. But either way, I mean, come playoff time, come, you know, you need a big shot. Tyrese Maxey is now a the guy. He's not like a breakout, uh, you know, like a, a fun story anymore. He is a legitimate piece to a contending team. He, you know, his, his impact with last season was the reason that the Sixers were as good as they were for so long, especially before the James Harden trade. You know, Joel Embiid obviously was great, but if Joel Embiid didn't have that second guy like Tyrese Maxey last season before Harden, and even after Harden, if he didn't have that guy who's laying a spark under this team, I don't think the Sixers, you know, perform as good as they do during the regular season. And, you know, obviously the playoffs were rough with the Joel injury, but Tyrese Maxey gave him a spark definitely in that Toronto series. And, I think without injury, uh, this Sixers team has a legit shot of doing great things. And Tyrese Maxey is a gigantic part of that. Additionally, at the scrimmage, uh, you know, he's just so great for the city. Uh, going and signing, like, all the kids' jerseys and taking pictures with them during the game. Like, it's just a really cool thing to see from a player, you know. He's gotten up there. He's at the point now where he's considered a star in the NBA. When a lot of players get to that point, it seems like they kind of, you know, turn away from the media, turn away from the fans a little bit. But Maxi fully embraces it, fully embraces the city. And another reason why you can't help but love Tyrese Maxi. It's just, game is just so fun, too. You know, like, get out of all the numbers, get out of the analytics, just watch him play basketball. It is fun, you know. I'm not old enough to have seen Allen Iverson play. I'm not saying Tyrese Maxey is Iverson by any means, but I can understand the appeal of having, you know, this undersized sort of underdog who's, you know, just getting the the, the crowd excited, just fan favorite. And, you know, Tyrese Maxey is really growing uh, on the city of Philadelphia, and I didn't think he could grow on me even more, but he's finding ways. And I just want to step back for a minute, you know, away from individual players, and I just want to look at the NBA as a whole and just see where the Sixers stack up because, you know, we know the Sixers had a good offseason, but they're not the only team adding star power. They're not the only team, you know, getting better. And, you know, the Warriors obviously have been great for a long time, but it seems like in the whole landscape of the NBA right now, the Eastern Conference is the stronger conference. Uh, you know, their top five, six teams, you know, even their whole playoff picture uh, is really deep. So despite how good the Sixers roster looks, there's plenty of competition. Of course, Boston making the finals. You have Giannis and the Bucks. The Cavs get Donovan Mitchell, have a super young team. The Heat still have Jimmy and Bam. You know, the Raptors always going to be competitive. The Nets have Ben Simmons, KD, and Kyrie. Like, the East is a very scary place this year. And as excited as I am for the Sixers, I think you can't overlook anyone in this conference. I think there's a, a decent chance that there's six or seven teams that if they won the East, I wouldn't be completely shocked. You know, the Sixers being one of them, of course, but, you know, at some point you got to ask yourself, like, what's different between these seasons? It seems like the Sixers every year have a, a contending roster going into the season, but, 
you know, it's at some point there's got to be something. And I think that the one thing I'd like to highlight is if you look at all the championship teams in the last couple of years, whether it's the Warriors winning all their championships, whether it's the Bucks in that one season, whether it's the Raptors, one common theme is that they always bring in veteran players with a lot of playoff experience, you know, gritty guys that can help them get far in playoff time. And, you know, these teams, they're not always the best regular season teams, but having guys that are built for, you know, the playoff atmosphere, the type of play style, of course, we know Ben Simmons didn't fall into that category, but James Harden certainly does. Joel Embiid certainly does. And I think pairing them with the guys that have had experience, you know, deep into the playoffs, you know, a guy like PJ Tucker, who has won an NBA championship with an Eastern Conference team. He did a very similar thing going into Milwaukee that he's doing now for the Sixers. And obviously we hope it has a similar result, but you know, we, we just can't be sure. And I really hope that this move was the push that the Sixers needed. It seemed like Maury took this offseason a little bit differently. Usually he tries to make some sort of splash. You know, they'll draft a young player and try to, you know, keep this championship identity while preparing for the future. But it seems like Maury and, you know, Elton Brand, Doc Rivers, they're all in on this team this season. And, you know, by going out and adding those players that are needed for a championship run this year, I think that it sets a new tone that the Sixers really never had in that they're in their championship window. Like, they have been a team that could win a championship for a couple of years. But before this season, they've always entered the year like, okay, we have a young Ben Simmons and an Embiid before his prime, so we still have some years to work with. Here, we have prime Embiid, we have Harden in the last few years of his prime, we have Tyrese Maxey, who was a young ascending player, but that's about it. That's about the only young ascending player that's on this roster getting meaningful minutes. So you really have to look at it as this season and next season, it's championship or bust. That is why I have never been more excited for a Sixers season. I think they are going to do whatever it takes, you know, whether it's making moves at the deadline, whether it's changing up rotations. You know, they might have to move some young pieces like, you know, Shake Milton. They've tried to make it work for a while. If, if Shake Milton's not playing well this season, they're going to have to let go of him if they can get some sort of veteran. Uh, same with, you know, Furkan Korkmaz. I mean, you know, these are type of guys that you just can't wait on forever. You, you got to make your moves. You got to win your championship. So... Um, I'm really excited to be back. I'm excited for the season to start. Of course, once it gets closer to the season, once, you know, there's more news, more things happening, the episodes will start becoming much more consistent again, and I cannot wait for that. But as always, thank you guys for listening. So excited to be back, and make sure to keep trusting that process.